My topic to us this morning is rejoice. Amen? Rejoice. Information got to Paul through Epaphroditus of what was taking place in the church at Philippi. One, they were wondering why Paul was imprisoned. Paul answered the question, or that answered the question in, ver- in chapter 1, verse 12 through, 40, through 24. Secondly, there were some selfish, ambitious people, or members, in chapter 2, verses 3 and 4. Thirdly, the Judaizers were, were making inroads with their circumcision for salvation doctrine. Chapter 3, 1 through 10. Fourthly, some believers were prone to believe that once they were saved through, through uh, once they were saved from, from the moral, from, from, once they were saved, um, they were free from the moral law and they could do nothing else. Chapter 3, 11 through 19. Fifthly, there were some petty differences among members resulting in some friction. Chapter Chapter um, 4, verse 2. After Paul dealt with these problems, he gave them three, three exhortations, followed by a promise in chapter 4, 4 to verse, through 7. One, he encouraged the believers to rejoice in the Lord. He encouraged them to let your gentleness be evident to all. He encouraged, he encouraged them to do, to, do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and petition, let your requests be made known. And in verse 7, he gave them the promise. And the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and mind in Christ Jesus. My goal this morning, as I've said before, is to deal with one of these exhortations. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. After... A difficult 2006, maybe you thought, you thought the year 2007 would be a little easier. You, but, have you, but as you have gone through the first few months, you realize that it is no easier. In 2006, it was difficult for me to rejoice, and in 2007, it is no difference. In 2007, the problems, the frustrations, the tribulations are just the same as they were in 2006. Things are too complicated and complex and I cannot rejoice. I am here to let you know this morning that whatever the circumstances that you might be facing, you can rejoice. Whatever the frustration, whatever the tribulations you are going through this morning, you can rejoice. Whatever storms you are facing in this life, you can rejoice. You might be finding the promises of Uncle Sam not being fulfilled. But guess what, believers? You can rejoice. You might be facing some difficult decisions. How am I going to take care of my family? Or you might have a family member who is stricken with some form of illness. Allow me to encourage you. At Philippi, Paul was exhorting the believers to rejoice. Paul was the absolute perfect person. To exhort them to rejoice. When Paul penned this letter, to, letter to, the, to the believers at Philippi, he was in chain. When Paul, Paul was in prison as he wrote to the Philippians, 
Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. He did not have the freedom to move about as he desired. So when Paul challenged the believers at Philippi to rejoice, he knew what he was telling them to do. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. The verb of the sentence, rejoice, is in the present tense, which indicates a continuous action. It is not a sometime rejoicing. It is not a part-time rejoicing. It is a continuous rejoicing. Paul was not saying to the believers that only when things are going well, that you should rejoice. Paul was not saying today you can rejoice and then tomorrow you don't have to rejoice. Paul was not saying that only when things are smooth sailing that you can rejoice. Paul was saying in good times as well as in bad times, whatever the circumstances are, you can rejoice continuously. Not only the verb rejoice is in the present tense, but it is also in the active voice. There are three voices in the Greek language. The middle voice, the passive voice, and the active voice. The middle voice is the voice where the subject does the action to himself. For example, he hanged himself. The passive voice is the voice where the subject, subject receives the action. For example, there was a man who was sent from God. Here the subject receives the action of the verb. The active voice is a voice where the subject is an active participant or the subject produces, experiences, or performs the action of the verb. Therefore, the believers at Philippi were to be an active participant in the act of rejoicing. Paul was encouraging the Philippians to produce, to experience, to perform the act of rejoicing. Paul was saying to the Philippians, no one else can rejoice for you or can rejoice on your behalf but you. And I believe he's saying the same thing to us. We ought to be an active participant in the act of rejoicing. Listen, believers, your parents or your children cannot rejoice for you. Your brother or sister cannot rejoice for you. You have to be an active participant in the act of rejoicing. No one else can rejoice for you but you. The question is this morning, are you rejoicing? What is your situation? What are the circumstances that you're facing? Are you rejoicing? Not only is the verb rejoice is in the present tense, and it's, and it's in the active voice. It's also in the imperative mood. Paul was not asking the believers at Philippi to rejoice. Paul was telling them in the form of an exhortation to rejoice. Paul was instructing the believers at Philippi that they must rejoice. Paul was, say, was giving the believers at Philippi an imperative that they must rejoice. And I believe he's giving us that same imperative. 
knowing that Paul was imprisoned and he was telling the Philippians to rejoice, they could do nothing else but to accept what he was saying to them. Paul went through some difficult situations. So when he was talking to them about rejoicing, they knew what he was saying. Paul, <coughs> he was imprisoned. He was flogged. He was exposed to death. Five times he received from the Jews 40 lashes minus one. Three times in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false brothers. Listen, believers, believers, it is likely, it is likely that Paul dragged a chain across a desk as he wrote, Rejoice in the Lord always, and I say it again, rejoice. He was, suffer he was suffering, he was in deep anguish, but what he said to the Philippians, Rejoice, rejoice. Believers, you might be suffering, you might be in deep anguish, but guess what? Paul is saying to us, rejoice, rejoice, rejoice. Despite the difficulties that you're facing, you can rejoice. Whatever the difficulties you're going through, you can rejoice. Maybe, maybe you're saying to me, Bradley, I cannot rejoice. Things are just too difficult. How do you expect me to rejoice? I have a friend whom... I've not related well to the last few years, but you're telling me that I can rejoice. I cannot find the money to pay the necessary bills, the electric, the gas, the telephone, the mortgage. And you're saying to me that I can rejoice. I'm having problems with my children. And you're saying to me that I can rejoice. I'm having problems sleeping at night, and you're saying that I can rejoice. I'm having problems on the job, or I'm unable to find a job I desire. How do you expect, <coughs> expect me to rejoice? I cannot rejoice. Members of my family are sick. Are sick. And you're saying to me this morning that I can rejoice. How do you expect me to rejoice? Things are just too difficult. I'm going through too many problems. How do you expect me to rejoice? Listen. The beautiful thing about rejoicing is the fact that you don't rejoice or refrain from rejoicing because of what you have or don't have. You don't rejoice or refrain from rejoicing because of your circumstances. You rejoice because you're a born-again believer. You rejoice because you've been saved by grace through faith. You rejoice because you're redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. You rejoice because you're adopted into the family of God. You rejoice because you're released from the shackles of sin. You rejoice because you are in the miry clay and God snatched you out with His impeccable hands and placed you on the solid rock and that rock is Jesus. You rejoice because you're going to spend eternity with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That is why we can rejoice. So whatever your circumstances are, whatever your situation is, Paul is saying to us this morning that we can rejoice. Allow me to give you a few more reasons why we can rejoice. We can rejoice because Christ has paid for sin on Golgotha's hill. God turned his back on his son 
When he turned his back on his darling son, he Christ cried out, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? He was carrying your sins, my sins, and the sins of the world. Christ wore excruciating, agonizing, and intense pain for us. Because of what Christ has accomplished on the cross, we're declared righteous, we're free. And if, in, in John chapter 8, verse 36, it tells us, Whosoever the Son set free is free indeed. Praise be to God. We're free because of the blood of the Lamb. Another reason why we can rejoice is because we're secured in Christ. In John chapter 10, verses 20, 27 through 29, it says, my sheep listen to my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. No one can snatch them out of my hand. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater, is greater than, than all. No one can snatch them out of my hand, and my Father's hand. Thank you. Nothing can snatch us. Out of the hands of Christ. Nothing can snatch us out of the Father's hand. We're saved, sealed, and secure. In Ephesians 1, us of our salvation. No one can separate us from the love of God. Shall tribulation, persecution, famine, you name it. Nothing can separate us. From the love of God. No one can snatch out, out of God the Father's hand. And no one can snatch out, out of God the Son's hand. We are double secure. We are in God's hand. And we are in Christ's hand. We are sealed and we are guarded. Until the day of redemption. In Christ's hands there is only safety. In God's hand there is only safety. We have top class security. We are well secured in Christ's we have reasons to rejoice. The text says, Rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. In the Lord is a prepositional phrase. A prepositional phrase shows relationship between two words. It shows how a noun or a pronoun is related to some other part of the sentence. The preposition in describes the relationship between the Philippians and the Lord. Therefore, Paul was describing the, the positional relationship the Philippians had with Christ. And we also have the same relationship. Therefore, the relationship that is shown here is also between us believers and the Lord. Your rejoicing should not be based on your accomplishments. Your rejoicing should not be based on how many degrees you have. Your rejoicing should not be based on your circumstances. Your rejoicing <coughs> should be based on your position in the Lord. When we realize what He has done for us, we should do nothing else but to rejoice. We were left for dead. We, but, but God called us to Himself. We were, people, we were people without hope, destitute, heading for a lost eternity. But God, and I love this part of the scripture, but God who is rich in mercy 
made us alive when we were what? Dead in trespasses and sin. We were bastard children. No one wanted us. But now, guess what? We're privileged children. Now we're heirs and joint heirs of the blessings of God. So we ought to rejoice because of our position in Christ. We can rejoice. The joy of the Lord arises from leaving all burdens at His feet. That nothing can come which He does not appoint or permit. That He's doing all things as wisely and kindly as possible. That in Him we have been lifted out of the realm of sin, sorrow, death, and into a region of divine love. That we have already commenced eternal life. And that before us forever there is fellowship with Him so rapturous and exalting that human language can only describe it as unspeakable. So we are privileged to be in the Lord. Rejoice always is an adverb. An adverb is, a, is used to modify or qualify a verb, an adjective, or another adverb. Always is modifying or qualifying the word or the verb rejoice. Paul told the believers at Philippi to rejoice. Knowing that rejoice is in the present tense and it indicates a continuous, continuous action, Paul said to them that they must rejoice always. Always means forever. Therefore, the sentence would read like this. Rejoice continuously in the Lord forever. Paul was re-emphasizing it to the Philippians to rejoice always. Rejoice in the Lord always means regardless of the day, whether it is dark or bright, whether it is difficult or easy, whether it brings problems and temptation or clear sailing on cloud nine, we must always rejoice. What are you going through this morning? What is your situation this morning? Are you rejoicing? I believe if you are not, then we are sinning against God. What is your situation? Are you rejoicing? Whatever circumstances you are going through, guess what? You can rejoice. Can the unsaved man rejoice? Weakness and pain. It differs from mirthful merriment, for it persists in dark hours as well as bright. It differs from mere happiness, for it persists amid loss of all things. Yes, the unsaved man might have some joy that the world gives, but true joy, real joy, wonderful joy, comes from the person of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So the question is, are we rejoicing? Are we rejoicing? It doesn't matter what you're going through. You can rejoice. And finally, Paul says, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. I will say it again, I will say it again, rejoice. Let us review briefly what we have said. We mentioned that rejoice is in the present tense, which indicates a continuous action. We also stated that always means forever. Then Paul went on to say, 
I will say it again, rejoice. Paul was saying that at no point in time should you stop rejoicing. After you have rejoiced actively, continuously, <coughs> in the Lord forever. Guess what Paul is saying? Do it again. Maybe you have lost a loved one. And you, are, and you have actively rejoiced continuously. Paul is saying, do not stop rejoicing. Rejoice continuously in the Lord forever. Maybe you have lost your job. And you are actively continuously rejoicing in the Lord forever. And somehow you think that you have rejoiced enough. Paul is saying, do it again. Rejoice continuously in the Lord forever. Maybe you have some, you're dealing with some difficult problem that no one knows about but you. And you're saying, Lord, I actively, I'm actively rejoicing continuously in the Lord forever. And Lord, you're, you're saying to the Lord, Lord, I can stop rejoicing now. But Paul is saying, rejoice continuously in the Lord forever. Maybe you, you have some financial dilemma. You have made a business deal that it's, you're losing some money. And you are, and you are, and you are rejoicing continuously, actively. But Paul, and you're saying, Lord, I can stop rejoicing. Paul is saying, believers, you must rejoice continuously in the Lord forever. Maybe you cannot find the money to pay the necessary bills. And you are actively rejoicing continuously in the Lord forever. And you're saying, Lord, I, can, I need to stop rejoicing. Things are just too difficult. Paul is saying to us this morning, rejoice continuously in the Lord forever. Do ne- don't ever stop from rejoicing. Paul is encouraging us. Maybe you're going through some difficulties. I'm here to encourage you this morning. I'm here to challenge you this morning. I'm here to lift your spirit. Say yes, in spite of the situation, in spite of what you're going through, in spite of the great trauma, suffering, tribulations, difficulties, Paul is saying, you can rejoice. As Preston comes to us, and we bow our heads, let me encourage us this morning, That whatever the circumstances you're going through, whatever the difficulties that you're facing, you can rejoice. Paul is saying, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Eternal Father, again, we are thankful for who you are. Maybe some of us came here this morning and we weren't rejoicing. Because of whatever the circumstances, whatever the difficulties that we're facing. We pray that they might have heard your word. And they are willing and ready to rejoice in the Lord continuously. We thank you, Lord. We thank you. For the same sake. Amen.